How's it going, guys? So when you get a cardio question like this, where you see these answers that look a little bit involved and you say, I'm a little bit iffy on cardio, not really sure what to do, just relax. I'll tell you exactly what you need to know for the exam, the exact points you need without wasting your fucking time. All right. So before we get started, I will be an asshole like I usually am and tell you to subscribe to my channel. I really appreciate it. And give the video a like. I really appreciate it. And find me on Instagram at melman underscore medical, M-E-H-L-M-A-N underscore medical. The link is down below. And find me on Telegram. Recently created a Telegram group and channel. Links are down below. And hit the join button to this channel. Become a member of this channel. Now, how about we start the fucking question? How does that sound? Where we've got this 28-year-old woman, six-month history, progressive shortness of breath and fatigue. ECG shows right bundle branch block and right axis deviation. Now, instantaneously, many students reading this question have no idea what that means. I'll tell you. As I said, I'm going to keep this real clean. Right bundle branch block, as well as right axis deviation, if you see either or, okay, in a vignette, that means right ventricular hypertrophy. It's really that simple. If you get a vignette, for instance, where they say, you know, there's a left bundle branch block, that just means left ventricular hypertrophy. They say left axis deviation just means left ventricular hypertrophy. Not fucking complicated, as I said. Chest x-ray shows increased pulmonary vascular markings. This is nonspecific, but often refers to pulmonary hypertension on US MLA. I made this easier by saying she's prescribed Bocentin, okay? Bocentin endothelin-1 receptor antagonist that's used to treat pulmonary hypertension. The diagnosis here is primary pulmonary hypertension, often due to a BMPR2 mutation. They might give you a woman, 20s to 30s, who's a non-smoker, who just has an idiopathic uh, progressive shortness of breath, and she might have right heart findings due to ensuing core pulmonale, okay? Core pulmonale is right ventricular uh, failure, right heart failure due to a pulmonary cause, okay? In this case, we don't have core pulmonale yet. We simply just have pulmonary hypertension. That's all we have, okay? So why don't we just hop through the answer choices here? As I said, I'll be concise. We're not going to make this a 49-minute clip right now. Let's just go backwards. To and fro, remember, wrong fucking answer. However, this shows up on 2CK offline NBME 6, okay, which is another way of saying continuous machinery-like murmur. I'm not joking, okay? So there's three ways that we describe patent ductus arteriosus PDA and US milli. Number one, buzzy, continuous machinery-like murmur. Number two, pan-systolic, pan-diastolic, which is the same thing as just saying continuous. And number three, to and fro. Every fucking student says, what the fuck, when they see this answer on NBME 6 offline for 2CK. Okay, I know, it's not my opinion. It means a PDA. Next answer choice, fixed wide splitting of S2, wrong answer. This is ASD. Now, ASD will always be on USMLE, fixed splitting of S2. Okay, S2, second heart sound, uh, A2, P2. The wide, about 50% of the time. When you have wide splitting of S2, that just means more volume in the right ventricle, more pressure in the right ventricle. It's nothing to freak out about, nothing to worry about. It's just fixed splitting of S2, okay? Whether they say wide or not, just fixed splitting of S2 is ASD. Very fucking high yield for USMLA, okay? It's past level. Let's look at the other answer choices. Three on six, rumbling diastolic murmur, her best at apex. This is just mitral stenosis, okay? They describe it as a rumbling diastolic murmur. They don't have to say opening snap. I've even seen a 2CK question where they tell you specifically, they say there's no opening snap, uh, but it's history of rheumatic heart disease as a kid, okay? So acutely for rheumatic heart disease, mitral regurge, and then years later, the valve will scar over, become mitral stenosis. 99% of mitral stenoses are due to history of rheumatic fever. 
very fucking important for you to assimilate, okay, that you know that for mitrosnosis. A lot we can talk about. Mitrosnosis often becomes symptomatic in pregnancy. That's also how you'll increase plasma volume, can bring out symptoms in the lungs, okay? Back up to the lungs, increase pulmonary capillary wedge pressure uh, because of high left atrial pressure. Next answer choice, two on six mid-systolic murmur at the upper right sternal border, wrong answer. This is aortic stenosis, okay? They can describe an ejection click as well. Obviously, bicuspid aortic valve, things like Turner syndrome, uh, just general uh, senile calcification. Very high yield. I mean, you need to know your murmurs. Mid-systolic murmur, aka crescendo, decrescendo, upper right sternal border, aortic stenosis, okay? Pulses, parvocet tardis, slow rising pulses. Next answer choice. A uh, two-on-six holosystolic murmur at the lower left sternal border is our correct answer. This is tricuspid regurge. Now you say, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean tricuspid regurge? How does that relate to pulmonary hypertension? I know. Very fucking weird. I agree with you. But it's very important you know that the highest yield cause of tricuspid regurge and USMLE is pulmonary hypertension slash corpulmonal. And when I come out, with very fucking audacious statements like that. Like, who am I to know? It's because I've gone through the NBME exams. It's what I do, okay? So we could opine. We say, well, what do you think is the would be tricuspid regurgitation in your assembly? We could say, well, IV drug user endocarditis. We could say carcinoid syndrome. Tricuspid regurg is pulmonary hypertension on your assembly. Not pulmonic regurg, okay? Tricuspid regurg. Why it doesn't cause pulmonic regurg? No fucking idea, okay? It's tricuspid regurg. So they could say loud P2, loud pulmonic component of S2, that's also pulmonary hypertension, or just tricuspid regurg. And this will get worse with inhalation, by the way. That's very important that right side murmurs get worse with inhalation uh, because if they don't mention that detail, it can often refer to mitral regurg, so you have to be careful. Uh, choice A, uh, two on six holodiastolic murmur along the left sternal border. Uh, this is just aortic regurge, okay? So aortic regurge, bounding pulses, uh, head bobbing. Uh, it's loudest after S2, so loudest in early diastole, okay, as the decrescendo element. Um, connective tissue disorders, okay? High yield, Ehlers-Danlos, Marfan syndrome. You can get aortic dissection that can propagate retrograde to the aortic root, cause dilatation, and an ensuing aortic regurge, okay? There's a lot we can talk about. I mean, this isn't going to be a 49-minute clip, as I prefaced with. So uh, your take-home is that pulmonary hypertension can cause tricuspid regurge, very fucking high yield, and a loud P2. You know the deal. I'm going to continue to make more content. If you like my stuff, subscribe to my channel. I appreciate your time. That's it.